get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. We are live at the new ENB Granite Studio at the Centene Community Ice Center, and we are thrilled to be joined in studio today by the one and only Lou Korak. He's a Blues insider. You can follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. Lou, we've got one final preseason game this year, and we are happy to have you in studio to discuss things as we're getting ready for the regular season. How you doing today, man? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, hold on, and, uh, Lou. I, uh-oh. I think I messed this up. Hold Did on. you? I think he's on, right? T- Tanner, do we have him? I hear it, it, Lou. Yeah, he's good to go. Okay. I couldn't <laughs> hear him. My bad. Sorry, guys. Jeez. <laughs> How how you doing? How's everything been so far in the preseason? <laughs> Good Lou? to see you guys in studio here. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. So the the biggest takeaway that you've had so far throughout the preseason is what? Oh, uh, probably the play of the young guys. the The looks that they've given to Scott Perunovich, Jake Neighbors. Uh, you can't call him a young guy, but uh, James Neal is still here. So he's a PTO. So, you know, he's on that veteran side. But uh, just the fact that they're uh, really giving these guys an extensive look and they're, and they're here for the final countdown, if you want to call it. So uh, they're here. They still have a shot uh, until that final roster is uh, set. And it has to be uh, in by 4 o'clock Central Time on Monday. So we'll know then whether they keep 23 guys or whether they do 22 I'm of the inclination that they're going to keep 23. They're, I don't want to say they have to, but uh, with what they've had uh, in camp and who they've been looking at here, I would say that would be a safe bet and, and a good route that they're going to go down. So, Lou, the one that uh, we were talking about during practice a little bit ago that's intriguing to both of us is how James Neal fits on this team. Over the weekend or uh, over the last couple of days, Michael Froelich was cut from his PTO with the team, which leaves James Neal. He's played with a couple of different lines. He's played on the fourth line. He's played on the second line. Tonight he's getting an opportunity with Robert Thomas and Vladimir Tarasenko. And Berube said moments ago to, to you guys, it's a big game for him. Where do you feel like James Neal fits in in terms of does he get a contract or is this just still kind of showing his case for other NHL teams? I think the more and more that uh, this training camp has gone on, the more and more I believe I think the Blues are going to sign him. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to believe that he would still be here at this point. Um, I could be totally wrong with that, but uh, just from past experiences of guys that they've brought in on PTOs, uh, they've usually gotten a pretty 
pretty quick sense of where these guys are at and if they could fit in or not. But again, it just tells me the fact that James Neal is still here, that uh, they're really pulling at the strings on this one. And uh, you got to, you got to remember this guys. Um, when you start thinking about how much you're going to pay them and where the blues at are in relation to the salary cap. Yeah. They're up against the ceiling. Uh, you're going to get some relief here when you put Oscar Sundquist on uh, LTIR, uh, which is long-term uh, injured reserve. Uh, so you're going to get some relief there. But uh, James Neal is going to be making for the next four years in excess of $1.9 million on his buyout with hmm. Edmonton. So you got to you got to figure that in. So he's he's getting paid one way or the other here. So um, so you could probably afford to get him in on uh, a veteran minimum, which is 750k, and on top of what he's going to be getting on his buyout from Edmonton, I think it's a pretty good little payout for him moving forward. Uh, is it the 5.75 million that he was making on his previous contract? No, but I think he understands where he's at in his in this point in his career. He's 34 years old. They've, like you said, Alex, they've looked at him in different roles. This is going to be a first opportunity to play. Uh, he's played with Robert Thomas before, but first time he's going to play with Vladimir Tarasenko. And I know I'm kind of winded here with this, but where he fits in, this might be a good spot for him to fit in with these two guys in particular. So I think that's why Craig Berube's got him in this slot tonight, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it looks. Uh, I feel like that was, that was probably the last big question for the Blues in the top nine is, okay, who's going to take that left-wing spot that's available? We knew Saad, Kairou, Buchnevich, Perron, and Tarasenko were going to take five of those top six winger roles, and it was a question of who's going to take the other one. And it sounds like James Neal is at least the favorite there. My big question now moving forward, and I've, I've loved talking with Alex about this and JR and Curbs and Joey, what are they going to do with the fourth line? Because they seemingly have like seven options for three spots right now. Who do you think are the favorites on opening night to open up on that fourth line right now? Uh, it's a good question, uh, but I think you can, I don't want to say... I don't want to say pencil in. Uh, I think you can pen in Ivan Barbashev and Tyler Bozak. I think those guys can be penned in to that fourth line role right now, and it's going to come down to what are you looking at here? Uh, Jake Neighbors, uh, Clifford. Clifford. You've got. To, I'm telling you what, guys. I've been really impressed with Dakota Joshua. I Same. think he's had a fantastic camp and. He played in the last three games, and if if it's indicative of how he played the other night in Minnesota and just some of the things that I watched him do, uh, I think he's the front runner for me right now uh, because you he's a versatile guy that can play center. You can play him on the wing. Uh, I think all three of those guys, you know, you can play any one of them in a center position. You can play the other two on the wings. I just think the versatility that that trio in particular provides would probably be the best way to go. I mean, Mackenzie McEachern's in that mix as well, but uh, I think he's had a bit of an up-and-down camp. I yeah. thought he had a pretty good game the other night, mm -hmm. not just because of the fact that he scored, but because of the fact that um, you know it's he played his role to a T. And you, you know, those guys know what their role is going in. And Mackenzie McEachern has shown flashes of it, but maybe not as consistent throughout this camp. And there have been a couple of guys in – in that role right now. But to me, Dakota Joshua has probably been the most consistent one. I think when it comes down to this, this is an intriguing setup because, of course, the Blues play tonight, Lou, and then they're off eight days before they open up the season against the Avalanche. And I believe they're doing a team bonding trip up in Colorado just to kind of get used to the atmosphere and be together before they season on the road. 
But the offense has been kind of inconsistent so far in preseason. And look, it's preseason. You can't take too much into it. We've seen a couple of games where they've scored five or six goals. We've seen a couple of games where they've scored one or two goals. And Craig Brewey's talked about how the offense takes some time. How much do you think the, the players are going to need to adapt before the regular season starts? Because tonight's going to be a look at the NHL roster, but then you don't play any games until you play Colorado. And that's a long stretch of, of just practices. Yeah, well, I think that's why it's it's an NHL-heavy lineup tonight because they're not going to play for another eight days after this. And uh, look, they've been they've still been searching for that third wheel to go with uh, O'Reilly and Perron. They're using Brandon Saad there tonight. We haven't seen a whole lot of Brandon Saad there throughout training camp. We've seen him a lot with Thomas and Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Jordan Cairo up there. Now here lately, you've seen Jordan Cairo with Braden Shen and Pavel Buchnevich, which they've looked pretty good together here. It's been a small sample size, but they've looked pretty good. Uh, the fact that they're still together, I think the coaching staff is starting to like that. And originally, when I was projecting these lines, I thought Saad had a shot to play with that duo up top. I just think that he provides that... He's got the skill, but he provides that abrasiveness and sandpaper that maybe those two guys need moving forward just because, and I'll use Ryan O'Reilly as an example because he plays so much, a guy like Brandon Saad can take a little bit of the load off of what he provides and what he brings to maybe make him fresher as the season goes on. Because guys, I was talking about this with a couple different people yesterday. I can't recall Ryan O'Reilly missing a game since he's been here in St. Louis. How much responsibility can he continue to take on his shoulders the older he gets? And I I don't want to make this sound by any means like he's getting to be an old guy here, but he's had a lot of responsibility since he's been here. So you kind of want to spread that out and share the wealth. And I think a guy like Brandon Saad could help alleviate that a little bit. David Perron's 34 years old, too. He's played a lot of hockey. So... You want to try to maybe start softening the load on some of these guys just so they're fresher as the season goes on in an 82-game schedule. Yeah, if that means that you're getting the best version of Ryan O'Reilly in the postseason next year, then that's that's what you're asking for, right? I, I love the idea of Brandon Saad on that line. I, I think he brings a different dimension to that group uh, that they haven't had in recent years. We were talking about this with Joey Vitale yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on it. They haven't really had a clear-cut third guy on that line since they've been paired together with O'Reilly and Perron. It's always been those two and then kind of a rotating group of who's the third guy that's the left wing. Do you think Saad can be that? Now that he's here signed long-term, do you think he can be that guy for O'Reilly and Perron? I do. And just like you said, there's, there's stability, there's longevity there. You're talking about a veteran that's been there and done that that understands the style and the system that this team plays, and and in particular that that duo likes to play. He's played against the Blues quite a bit. I mean, being in Chicago and even in Columbus and then with Colorado last year. So he's seen quite a bit of the Blues, and he even mentioned it when they first signed him that uh, he feels like their style and system fits his style of game. And I've always made this comparison. Are they the same people? No, no but I think he brings a lot of the same elements that a Jaden Schwartz brings. Lou, final one from me. Do you read anything into tonight not having Scott Perunovich in the lineup for the defenseman? I think they've seen enough of him, to be honest with you. I mean, he's pl- he played, what, five out of the previous seven games? Yeah. So you got a really good look at him. you got a really good look at Nico Mikola. So I think they understand what he brings to the table. And I thought it was interesting that they are playing – 
Jake Wallman tonight, and I asked Craig Berube that just a little while ago, what he's thought, and he thought he he seems to feel that Wallman has come on at, at the end of camp here, but he was a little bit inconsistent at the start of training camp, which tells me that they really want to see hmm. if this consistency moves forward. So read into it what you want. It almost makes me feel like maybe for a while there they felt like Perunovic and Mikola had passed him on the depth chart. I don't know that for sure, uh, but now it's making it even a little more tougher for him, the fact that they feel like that Jake Wallman has come on here, but maybe wanting to get just that extra look with him and Robert Bortuzzo just in case if that is your uh, third pair going into that game against Colorado next week. Final question that I've got for you. I never in a million years would have thought that we would get to a week before the open of the season and Vladimir Tarasenko would still be on this <laughs> roster. I, I, I didn't believe it. <laughs> I, I didn't I, All offseason. Yeah, everyone didn't. I, Curbs would come on with us every week, and he would tell us, guys, I'm telling you, don't discount the facts that Vladimir Tarasenko might be in the lineup on opening night. And I said, Curbs, I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I do not believe you. And he was right. And here we are, and it looks like Vladdy's going to be in the lineup on opening night. What has that been like so far in the preseason and – how do you expect it to go going into the regular season with Vladdy here? Well, good thing, first of all, that Chris didn't drop any subtle little bets on all of us because we would all have been emptying our wallets. <laughs> That's true. We would have so, taken it. Yeah, no kidding. I, I know I would have. But, uh, guys, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, somebody can come out, you know, in the public eye and give you one perception, and it could be completely different uh, away from the mic, away from the camera. But from what we've seen so far uh, – He's been a team player. Um, he's done everything they've asked of him. Uh, you can see he's he's come in in great shape. Um, I don't want to say his shot is back completely, but from what I've seen, it looks pretty damn good. Uh, and these are the things he's getting. He's getting into those subtle little wall battles, and uh, you're thinking, ah, is he going to be a little leery because of the shoulder still? But he swore to us up and down, even after, at the end of that Colorado series, that the shoulder's not an issue anymore. We'll see that moving forward when we get into some serious games here again and some serious competition. It's different. You know, your teammates understand you don't want to get into those battles with him maybe just yet. Not not on a full-scale level, but uh, he's looked good to me. And uh, you know what? Uh, whatever perception he has of this and if he feels like he needs to play at the top of his level to showcase for somebody else or whether he's showcasing for his team now – He's going about it the right way, and listen, if he's going to help this hockey team out, um, if you can get him back on a level anywhere near what he was before, think about it. We've all talked about this, and we, we all talked about the 2021-22 St. Louis Blues coming into the season. How many of us talked about his production on this team? Mm -hmm. Nobody had any anything that he could possibly bring to what this team could achieve this year. Now, if you add him at his best, man, it just makes this lineup a whole lot better, and you're utilizing him on a third line. That's pretty good balance. We'll get you out of here on this. we got about 30 seconds here. I wanted to ask you about Jack Eichel because I read an article oh, earlier geez. today here we over go. on The Athletic that apparently things are coming to a head again, and we've read this no fewer than a 1,000 times over the last calendar year or so, and there are teams that are back interested in Jack Eichel. Do you get the impression that the Blues are one of those teams? I was under the impression back during the summer that they were, and they... I don't know to what degree, but they were they inquired about it and they were, you know, asking all the, the right questions, which lends me to believe that uh, they were in on it, whether they are now and what they've seen in camp. I can't say that with uh, 100 percent certainty, because 
you just don't know with what kind of an injury that he's dealing with, what kind of procedure he's going to have to go through here, and what kind of a risk are you taking by making a trade? And it's it's going to have to be a significant package going the other yep. way. I don't care what anybody says. Buffalo's not going to just take uh, any small-time prospects here or and or back-end draft picks or – they're going to be looking. They're going to be looking for NHL ready players. They're going to be looking for a top prospect or two or three. I I don't know what exactly they're looking for. So you have to be careful with this. But I think the fact that uh, they are open to conditions on a trade makes uh, it's good news for other teams that want to get in on this, whether the Blues are still in on it or not. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with what they've seen out of this camp, and I think they've been pretty pleased with what they've seen with the roster that they have. So it's going to be hard-pressed to see them jumping in on this here moving forward. He's Luke Korak. Always enjoy our visits with him here on 101 ESPN. Blues Insider, you can check out his work. Find him on Twitter, at LKorak. And Lou, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping in studio with us. Great to visit with you guys. Thanks for having me.